Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, we've been talking a lot about different, different skills and soft skills, et cetera. And I know a lot of things that people have asked us about um, informally, but I understand you have a specific question that we wanted to address tonight. Yeah, we had a parent ask a question. How do I help my uh, kid find a job? I mean, not a job. That's what they're hoping for. A hobby or interest that might lead them to a job in the future um, if they have a disability. So what are you thinking there, Becky? I'm going to throw it to you first. Hmm. Well, I would say, first of all, of course, things like the age of the child really, really would help inform this particular uh, discussion. But um, I would say, first of all, exposure to, to a multitude of professions and talking about professions with younger kids, you know, I mean, obviously in play and other things, kids, you know, play different roles, et cetera. But as kids get older, um, let's think as kids start to transition in middle school, it's, it's why they have the middle school wheels for electives so that students, even though they might have... Um, a, a, a particular interest in in music, for example, they they take things from a spattering of electives so that they're not just set in only one direction, and they know better when they go into high school what they want to take. So I think it's almost the same approach for kids as I start thinking about what kind of jobs or whatever kinds of interests. So with my own children, and we all our own kids, as I only had my twins, just so that I could have a. a control group. Um, so, um, you know, I, I have constantly pushed them towards looking at things that they already are interested in. Hey, why don't you go umpire in this youth, you know, um, baseball league? Why don't you try, go see what it would take to go be a, you know, a volunteer at this um, park? Why don't you go see if the nursery down the road needs anyone to help with watering the plant. So from early on, I did push them to look for things that they could do in really small doses as volunteers. Um, it, almost always when they're young, a lot of it depended on the people with whom they were working, to be honest. You know, their feeling about these experiences was closely tied to the people with whom they were working. But I've seen their different passions grow as and these kind of little mini volunteer service options. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit different pathway and think about like summer camps. This is a great time. I know it's kind of a unique time, but summer day camps, you know, is there a one day robotic? Is there a one day writing? Is there a one day, you know, especially, and to think about the level of the disability of your child, um, would they be really anxious to be away from you for an overnight stay camp versus a, you know, drop off in the morning, come back. Um, many of the theme parks have camps for the days. Uh, the YMCA, there's free camps, you know. So thinking along those lines, I think are really where we want to go um, to kind of let, explore. So I think exploring what you like. So do you find you like animals at SeaWorld or do you like, um, you know, basketball and baseball in the local YMCA. Then again, where do we go from there? I do think that that jobs, um, <laughs> uh, we know jobs are usually determined by fourth or fifth grade. So it is really important to listen early to your kids about things they really are interested in and give them those opportunities, whatever that might be. And as you said, they don't have to be paid, but they can be paid. So I'm going to ask a 
uh, a crazy question here, Becky, what was the weirdest job you ever had that you got paid for in your career? <laughs> well, Lisa, my niece and I counted up one time and I, I had, before I started working at UCF or, or be, being a professor, before I even became a professor, um, I had 51 jobs. <laughs> that was because I was really, really poor. So sometimes I would have four jobs at one time. I've had every crazy job you could ever imagine. Um, I think the, the most unique job I had, especially because I'm not at all qualified for it, was as an archaeologist. <laughs> um, I, uh, it's a long story, but a friend was, you know, in grad school and working on summer archaeology digs and said, you know, Becky, you're tall and strong and we need an extra person because somebody fell out. So can you come pretend like you're an archaeologist on my team for the summer? And I'm like, all right. So I spent the summer impersonating an archaeologist and I wasn't very good at it. But I was a very digger, a very, very good digger. Um, so I really knew I wanted to be a professor because I was a whole lot of other things first. Um, I would say though that uh, you mentioned, you know, we know when we're young, really what we want to be. And I always, I always did want to be a teacher. So I knew I was going to end up here, but I, I did enjoy looking at a lot of other things first. Um, one of the things that I would say in terms of, of getting kids, your own kids, or talking to kids at school, getting them to understand clusters of jobs. So, you know, I know a lot of high schools do that type of thing now, but this idea of, hey, are you interested in kind of the hospitality field? You know, what kind of things would you like to be the person who does this? And with younger kids, talking about, oh, I wonder how this guy got that job. We should look that up. We should see what it takes to be that person. And honestly, that's exactly what I did even you know, even to become a faculty member. It's the kind of job that when you're, when you're younger, you're like, yeah, I'd love to be that, but how do you get there? You know, and you really have to do a little bit of exploring to figure that out. There's lots of jobs that aren't things that you just see in the newspaper. So it's some of those, some, sometimes it's, it's exploring together and, and talking to people that we know and getting this naturally inquisitive mindset and interviewing the people we meet along the way as well. Yeah, I think it's funny too. I still remember when Josh was in middle school and we weren't sure if he'd get a high school diploma because that was a reality in our state. You had to pass the state test and we weren't sure where we would be in life with him. Uh, I found this great article of the 10 jobs that don't require um, a college degree and the best paying jobs. And one was an elevator repairman and immediately his school let him go and shadow an elevator repairman. Still today, there's discussion about him doing that because he knows he's social, he knows he's physical, that's a very physical job and it does pay really well. You don't wanna know what it pays, it would make us both feel really bad. Um, but I just think in general, we often make assumptions that college is the pathway for everybody. Uh, I'm not sure that is the pathway. Uh, as I said, Josh always says gymnastics made him go to college and it was great. Uh, but if not, I think he still would have gotten a great job with, with two years of college, maybe just a collegial experience like we have with the college for some students with intellectual disabilities. So think about what your assets are for your child. Help them realize what they are. And, you know, if they're really shy and they don't really like to talk to people, let's not make them wait tables at a restaurant. Probably won't be a good experience for anyone. Yet at the same time, if that's a skill they want to develop, we might need to think about something like a job coach. And you and I both know that the rehab and many resources will provide that, 
but boy, you have to sign up early. I'd be, it's almost like the first daycare I wanted Josh in. I had to sign him up before he was born, which is just insane to me. But I think voc rehab is similar. If you know in middle school, your child is going to need that, I would start going to meetings and learning about that and help ask them that question. What hobbies have best made students be successful? For example, I know we have our Saturday once a month clinic on campus for students with intellectual disabilities ages 16 to 21 and we teach them about going to college or we attempt to teach them about going to college what does it look like to live in a dorm if those are skills that you think your child is ready for early 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 experiences in that regard can be very helpful and in you and I, you and i both could do a whole segment on our saturday experiences we really could that that actually would be a fun topic sometime um <laughs> You know, in terms of that original specific question, you know, like what can we do to help our help our kids learn what kind of specific career? You know, I think I think if we if we break it down into some actual action items, I would say the first thing I would do is to go on any of these online job services right now, like Indeed and any of these things, and sit with your child and look up these job openings. So even though your child may or may not be um, of an age to be employed, that's how you actually learn about all the types of jobs there are. So I would probably start with pulling something up. That'd be fun in a classroom too, literally just pulling up a list of jobs on snag a job is another one. Um, you know, there's tons of online job posting um, services now. Go look at those jobs. Go talk to your kids about those jobs. Go look at what the requirements are for those jobs. And that's how I think we get our kids to start thinking specifically about what they might be interested in doing. And it might be a way to also get them more interested in what they're doing in school because maybe they will start to see some value as they relate it to things in the future. And I'll just uh, kind of make my last thought. If your child has limited ability to verbalize their interest, do make sure that you add that to their, their, their picture-based system. Make sure you add that to the first day of school. Uh, make sure if you do send them to a camp or get them involved in a hobby, let people know that they really are interested in, in being the person that does the planting or the person with the animals. So that again, their voice is through you as a parent or as a teacher so that those experiences are richer. Because I really do believe when a child doesn't have communication skills, Everybody has good intentions, but they tend to think for the student. Whenever we as parents kind of lead with what our child's strengths are, even if they're really shy and they can communicate and say, yeah, she is shy, but she really wants to be, you know, doing this service at the beach, you know, of beach towels and the chairs because she wants to get stronger in those skills. I think that's the voice we help get started until our children have the ability to do that for themselves. So do make sure whatever they're doing, they get, they learn a voice, but don't be afraid to speak for them if they can't until they start to get a voice on their own. I think that's a big mistake we make when kids do hobbies or camps or whatever. We, we don't give them that clarity and we let people assume a lot because of a label or a disability. And, it, you know, to that, to that point, giving them opportunities, and sometimes we have to be the ones to initiate them, um, you know, even to, to really ask in the schools and others to, to create opportunities for any kind of little internship or service projects. Um, because anything that has, a, has a, an expectation of going and, and, and being in a different setting, um, the more I can be in a different setting, the better I'll know if that's a good setting for me. 
Yeah, and just a great laugh. Remember when you drop your kid off to camp and they never call you? It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Even though you might be scared to death and four days later you call the camp director and beg for the child to talk to you for 10 seconds. They're like, yeah, I got to go. I'm having fun. Bye. That's, that's where we want kids, all kids, but especially kids with disabilities to be able to do is to live a life on their own to whatever level they're, they're able to do. Well, thanks for joining us for this segment. And if you have any uh, further questions, we look forward for you sending us a tweet at Access Practical.